This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Live and Learn on the Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su An. While AI image generators have been used for fun by a lot of people using that as an outlet for their creativity, there's also a dark side to it because there have been rising concerns that some AI models have been abused to create child sexual abuse images instead. Um, now, recently, um, in the past few months, the Internet Watch Foundation, a UK-based organisation which works to identify and remove online child sexual abuse images has been warning that AI-generated images must be stopped before it overwhelms the internet. So here to help us understand the concerns behind this and how our laws um, also protect children in Malaysia from such um, images is Ajit Kaur, a lawyer and co-chairperson of Crip Foundation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ajit. Thank you, Suen and BFM for having me uh, today talk on this very, very important topic. Yeah. Mm. Before we get into the role, the impact of AI in this area, maybe you could help us just, we go back to basics first, Ajit. You know, what constitutes child sexual abuse materials um, under our laws? Okay, um, Suen, um, in 2017, uh, there was a new act in place, which is the uh, the Sexual Offences Against Children Act. Uh when the act was first drafted, um, the word used was actually child pornography. However, recently, the terminology child pornography has been replaced with the terminology child sexual abuse material. Um, and I think I, I have spoken about this issue previously with BFM as well. So when we use the term child sexual abuse material, it actually casts a, a wider net mm-hmm. and uh, it actually captures a, a lot more issues than just child pornography. And... Uh, if you look from the legal aspect, uh, the definition or the explanation as to what forms uh, child sexual abuse material or what we call as uh, CSAM material uh, can be found in Section 4, Section 5 uh, of the Sexual Offences Against Children Act. And it's actually very, very wide. Um, I'll just briefly state the key points. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, Section 4 states that Um, any representation in whole or in part, whether visual, audio or written, or a combination of the same, okay, by any means, including but not limited to electronic, mechanical, digital, optical or magnetic means. So it includes the internet, includes AI, it includes um, just about everything because it's not limited to uh, what would be perceived as previously as uh, seeing or a physical aspect to child sexual abuse. Mm. Uh, so this has expanded into the digital world. It's expanded to cover AI as well. Okay, and um, there's another one as well which talks about uh, sexually explicit conduct mm-hmm. um, under under Section 4 as well. And um, Section 5 talks about or deals with the issue of making, producing, directing directing the making or production of child sexual abuse material. And um, then if you go on, Section 10 specifically um, speaks about uh, if you access child sexual abuse material. So in this case, if you access an AI image, mm. that will come under Section 10 of the SOAC. So it's quite comprehensive then, Ajit, in the sense that you, whether you access, you have, or you make, whatever it is on that spectrum, you could be charged. Yes, because it doesn't just involve the making or mm-hmm. the production 
or uh, it also involves you accessing. So, for example, if uh, we we are all in many various WhatsApp groups, for example, mm-hmm. right, yeah, and sometimes images are sent out of jest or they think it's funny, mm. and uh, when you access an image, uh, it's actually an offense. Yeah, mm. and uh, of course we will then discuss further on on what steps to take and and how can you deal with those things. Yeah, mm. briefly then, Ajit, you know what can someone be charged with under the Sexual Offences Against Children Act? Okay, for example, you can be charged under Section Six. Section Six specifically talks about, uh, as I mentioned before, the preparation of making, mm-hmm. and the I'll discuss a little bit on the punishment if that's mm. uh, okay yes. to end as well. Uh, Section 6 provides that the punishment, if you are found guilty, uh, shall not exceed 10 years in whipping. All right? So it's quite severe. And um, there is also a new section, which is Section 15A. Uh, the amendments came about very recently, with the latest mm-hmm. set of amendments, where, the, um, where, you, where it involves the performance by a child, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, where you make, procure, cause, view, advertise, promote or receive a benefit and the punishment is, uh, that the courts can met out is uh, not exceeding 20 years mm-hmm. and fine not exceeding 50,000. Then of course there's section 10 uh, which the punishment under section 10 um, is not exceeding five years uh, or, or and a fine not exceeding 10,000 ringgit. Mm. So it is quite severe. The, the the punishments are already in place. Uh, the government does not look lightly at these issues. Uh, these are very, very uh, serious matters. Mm. So if we talk about AI, then uh, Ajit, you know, it's, it's novel. I mean, everyone is quite fascinated by it, especially in the past year or so. But now that we're hearing this very worrying concern that, you know, people are using these AI models that are available online to create child sexual abuse material, could you shed some light on how or what we know about how people are using AI to create these sorts of material? Okay, um, so just to quote the article by uh, the Internet Watch uh, Foundation, uh, the article I think was sometime 25th of October thereabouts, the words they had used was uh, to quote the Internet Watch Foundation, they said, the worst nightmares about artificial intelligence generated child sexual abuse images are sadly coming true. Um, the thing is, uh, Suen, with advance, advancement of technology, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unfortunately, so does uh, does it increase the exposure of CSAM material in tandem with advancement of te- technology. Okay, mm. um, I'm not an IT expert. I, I I'm not. Um, I don't have any in-depth study about algorithms or how AI works, but the basic or, or the foundation uh, of AI solutions, all right, is actually the collection of data, all right? So when data is collected, mm-hmm. uh, an algorithm is uh, created, all right? And that's how they train an AI model. So in the case of child sexual abuse, the primary source of the data is actually child sexual abuse material. Mm. So it's the actual abuse that has been carried out on children that has been uploaded, whether in the dark web or in private chats. Uh, so that is the important factor. It is not something, it's, it's not fix, fictional where it's plucked out from the sky. The source document is actually the actual abuse on children. Mm. All right. And then what happens is they will choose a platform and they will 
pick a programming language and they deploy. When you say deploy, uh, in terms of child sexual abuse, is um, they will have their, their sites more often than not is in the dark web, and there'll be subscription. You have to pay. And uh, of course, the most severe the abuse, the higher the subscription. So this also generates money mm. uh, for those that those perpetrators are actually carrying out these acts. Yeah, that's mm. just like a brief overview uh, without going too much into the technicalities of how AI functions. Mm. Mm. So it's, I mean, even though if we look at so-called the end product, it's uh, it's someone who doesn't exist. It's actually created based on actual images, right? Yeah, actually, I wouldn't say it's not. It's someone that doesn't exist. It is mm. someone who exists. Mm. Um, so, for example, the uh, the perpetrators will take the abuse uh, that is already online, mm-hmm. all right, and uh, create different scenarios mm. or more extreme scenarios based on that basic abuse. For example, all right. Um, another example is, uh, for example, you know, we all have social media, we all have photos that we put up. And the other thing that they do is they are able to, the term I think is nudify those photos mm. uh, using specific programming. So, for example, there was uh, a little town in Spain. Uh, I think they had a population of about 30,000. And what happened was um, the the young girls between the ages of 11 to 17, uh, a lot of them found their images uh, picked from the social media accounts mm. uh, and circulated where, and the circulation was them being topless. All right. Um, a lot of the questions that were asked, oh, did you send these topless photos out? Or you must have done it, uh, you know, whether to your boyfriend or to mm. Joe. But the, but the truth was that it wasn't. Uh, it was young boys who probably thought it was funny who had a program in hand on how they could basically strip you naked and circulate those photos, mm. right? Um, I won't go into the impact of that right now, uh, but these are just some of the examples. Sometimes it's uh, uh, people just being funny or, or they think it's funny, mm. yeah, uh, for a good joke or a good laugh. So this has been altered. And the people that suffer are those young girls or sometimes even young boys, yeah, so the impact is far-reaching, and it's not just um, as some people might perceive it to be. Oh, it's not real. Yes, but it is real. It is very, very real. Yeah. Mm. We do have to go for a quick break. Um, on the show with me today is Ajit Kaur, lawyer and co-chairperson of Crip Foundation. We are talking about the use, or rather, the abuse of AI to create child sexual abuse material. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Live and Learn BFM eighty-nine point nine. Welcome back to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su An. On the show with me today is lawyer and co-chairperson of Crip Foundation, Ajit Kaur. We are talking about the abuse of AI models that are available online to generate um, images, to generate child sexual abuse material, and how this is something that has been highlighted by um, the Internet Watch Foundation, particularly in the past few months. They are a UK-based organisation which works to identify and remove online child sexual abuse images and you know they are warning that this is another facet of CSAM that must be stopped before it overwhelms the internet. Um, Ajit, before the break we were talking about how AI is being used to harm people, to victimise people, um, kids especially. Let's talk about, let's dive into that um, a bit more than Ajit, the impact because I mean yes of course you will have the devil's advocate um, saying that oh 
these they're not no one's actually being harmed in 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 a, in a sense right but as someone who is involved in this field who who looks at children's rights especially from a legal perspective what are the concerns what are the different concerns here if ai generated child sexual abuse material continues to be made and spread okay i think firstly it is wrong to take the argument that just because it is not a real image uh, therefore it is all right okay mm. all right it, it's a wrong argument to take all right in actual fact, a pedophile will move from this synthetic abuse to an actual abuse. All right. And the other thing that could happen is that um, when, okay, children below 18, mm-hmm. under 18, are the biggest users of the internet. All right. Uh, and social media and YouTube. All right. So what happens is that if you keep flooding, uh, these children with these images, you are actually normalizing child sexual abuse, right? Because if you keep seeing the same image or similar images over and over again, uh, after a while, even when we get messages in our chat groups, we just tend to swipe it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, ah, just another abuse again. This is not real. Uh, but like the example I give you about those uh, young girls in Spain, mm. uh, the abuse is something they suffer. They are actual victims. Some of them could not step out of their homes. They were ashamed. They felt guilty, like they had caused this, that they are to be blamed for this. Even though so they've done nothing. They've done nothing. So even except for having your image on social media, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. They felt that they were responsible for these acts. Mm. And it's long-term psychological damage to these young people. Mm. I mean, these young people are the people that are going to lead us one day. And do we really want to impose them with such images and such abuse? It is wrong. Uh, there's, there's no other way to look at it. Mm. Mm. How might it also impact authorities' ability to help or detect um, victims of child sexual abuse materials, I guess? Because I was reading that with these kinds of so-called faked images, um, it might hamper um, efforts that are happening on the ground. Yeah, okay. So what happens is to actually, for example, to get these images, one way is to go into the dark web, Mm -hmm. which means you need to go in and pretend that you are either a pedophile or an abuser. And and so when the images are thousands and thousands, it takes time, it takes manpower. Mm. Uh, and uh, also these officers would be exposed to these images and they themselves would be suffering from psychological trauma. And so when they are sitting in front of a computer and, and running through these images, um, you're actually taking time away from them. For example, actually going out and investigating physical abuse that's taking place, let's say, in Rawang. Mm. Right. Let's say a ch- uh, there's an accusation a child has been raped. So you're taking away those men that that manpower of actual abuse. What will be perceived as actual abuse? Mm. So one of the problems that we face is there is not enough manpower to sit in front of a computer like how you and I are doing right mm-hmm. now, and actually going through those images because it takes time and it takes a lot of patience. Uh, that IWF article actually stated that. Out of 12,000 images that uh, they were investigating, they found about 3,000 CSAM images. So you're looking at about 30%, Mm. which is actually a lot. And then once you have discovered those images, then you have the task of having to track and identify the perpetrators. It's not easy. 
Mm-hmm. But that's where technology comes in. That's why, in fact, AI will assist you and help you mm. uh, in tracking and following up with the investigation. Because it's not enough to just identify the image. Now, what do we do after we've identified the image? That's where the real actual work or the technical work comes into play. Mm. I mean, you do. You mentioned earlier that um, our laws do cover AI-generated um, child sexual abuse materials. I mean... To what extent, you know, what are the potential gaps that you have seen or are seeing? Uh, personally, I, I can't speak uh, uh, on behalf of uh, PDRM mm. or, uh, or MCMC for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is something that, um, in terms of law, it is there. Mm. Uh, in terms of law, uh, if the question is, do we have adequate laws? Do we have enough laws? Yes, we do. All right. Now the question is about implementation. Uh, how do we implement these good laws that we have? How do we take it? How do the frontliners who receive that, for example, let's say um, in a chat group, someone receives such an image and they go to the Palai to lodge a report. So what happens when the report is lodged? Mm. Does the frontline officer uh, receiving that, that report know what needs to be done? What are the immediate steps to be taken? So that's where I think... Um, there's a lot of room for improvement. Mm. Because you you did say earlier, Ajit, that our laws do cover these sorts of um, AI-generated images, right? I guess in an yes. ideal world, what would that process be like if we had all the resources that we need? Oh, that that's like a perfect situation. Uh, mm. Let's say I'm the officer receiving it, okay, and then um, as an officer receiving it, Anything related to child sexual abuse uh, would be made a priority. Immediately open uh, appoint an investigating officer. Uh, the I, we call them the IO. They'll carry out the investigation. Okay. Uh, once the invest- investigation is completed, we call it the investigation papers. The IP will be sent to the Attorney General's office mm-hmm. to check, verify. And it is the Attorney General's office that decides what charges are to be filed against the accused. Mm. Okay, and then from there, the charges will be filed in court and the accused will be charged in court and any case involving child sexual abuse should be made a priority in the court system. We already have uh, special courts set up for Mm. this purpose. Mm. All right, so it should be fast-tracked, it should be made a priority in an idle situation. Mm. I've also seen people mention about the the meeting out of the punishment, right? Because like you said earlier uh, as well, Ajit, you know, we have quite severe um, punishments listed in the law, but sometimes when we read of news of people um, being found in possession or making or accessing child sexual abuse material, um, like I think recently there was quite a bit of an uproar over how a man was only sentenced to six months in jail, a fine of 2,500 ringgit um, in default, or five months in jail for possession for possessing more than 19,000 videos. I guess where... What where does the discretion lie there, you know? And and how can we strengthen our laws so that something like this doesn't happen? Okay, uh Sven, I read about that in the papers as well. It was uh Interlo Intan, mm. uh, where uh, a young man aged twenty-four was charged under section ten mm. of the SOAC. All right. And he was charged last year, mm-hmm. which means he was charged before the amendment the recent amendments. Mm. Okay. So that's something that we've got to remember. All right. If you look at section 10, uh, very briefly, mm-hmm. says the punishment is okay, be liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding five years mm-hmm. or to a fine not exceeding 
exceeding 10,000 ringgit or to both. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the maximum jail time is five years. All right, and then you can also impose a fine. All right, in this case, I I believe the the accused was con was the jail term was I think two and a half years mm -hmm. if 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 I'm correct. All right. Um, sadly, as when I don't have the benefit of having read the charge sheet, mm. uh, and it looks like there were close to twenty thousand. Based on the article, there were about twenty thousand videos and pictures, and the accused did plead guilty. Mm. All right. So there are some factors that the court takes into account. Uh, one of the factors that the courts may take into account in sentencing, because uh, there's a discretion, mm -hmm. is um, whether the accused wasted the court's time. Mm. Uh, whether he went through that lengthy process of a trial or he took immediate uh, steps to plead guilty. Um, we don't know if there are other mitigating factors, for example, his health or the fact that he has to take care of family or things like that. But if you ask me personally, uh, is that sentence of two and a half years, uh, does it send out a strong message? My answer is no. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because 20,000, close to 20,000 videos and images is a is a lot. It is a lot. Uh, for example, now, uh, post the amendment, uh, the accused could actually be charged under Section 15A, mm -hmm. which carries a heavier, mm -hmm. uh, a heavier term. Um, and that is a jail term not exceeding 20 years uh, or a fine not exceeding 50,000 ringgit or both. Mm. All right, so that's almost what... Uh, before that was five years, now it's 20 years. Yeah, it's almost four times the imprisonment term. Mm. So there's yeah, some clarification the in terms of when the amendments were, were enforced. Yes, so yes. this one, uh, based on the article that I read, he was charged last year, which was pre the amendments. Mm. So the maximum that the magistrate in that case could co convict him was five years. Mm. All right. But so, I, I believe, mm. I based on the article, I believe it's on appeal now. Mm. So uh, let's see what happens with that one. Mm. So if our laws are there, is it a matter of better resources, better enforcement than to clamp down on the spread of child sexual abuse materials? Most definitely. Mm. And when we say better resources, better enforcement, it also includes uh, more training, continuous training. Because what happens is, for example, if uh, a police officer is posted to, uh, let's say, Ipoh, mm -hmm. Right, and uh, he's handling the 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 D eleven department, but after a while, that police officer will get posted or transferred somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So that continuous training of not just the officer, but those the downliners as well, the frontliners as well, is very very important to keep to keep officers to keep police uh, personnel updated on the current trends, uh, what's happening on the ground because. 10 years ago, AI was not an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago, if you go to a police station and say, uh, I saw an image, they will think that something's wrong with you, right? But it is happening and it's going to, it's going to get more, it's mm -hmm. going to expand. As I said just now, as uh, technology expands, so does the ability uh, of perpetrators to expand in tandem when it comes to abuse. How do you see tech companies also playing a role when it comes to, especially those that create these AI technologies, right? What can they do better to prevent abuse of their own products? Okay, there, there are two parts to it, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to uh, 
hosting platforms, right? Number one, there is a moral moral obligation, all right? Number two is about a legal responsibility, all right? So they're under a moral and legal responsibility to monitor and immediately bring down any imagery that is inappropriate and report it to the authorities, all right? So in, in our case in Malaysia, it will be the police as well as MCMC, mm. right? Um, because platforms will host the content, correct? So when you're hosting the content, you will also need to put in place warnings and policies so that, uh, let's say if I'm a perpetrator and I'm going to pick X platform to, okay, I shouldn't use X as an example, or let's say I'm going to use A, a platform mm. as as as, um, as the platform of choice, uh, these warnings must be clearly spelled out. These policies must be, so it's basically zero, zero tolerance, Okay. And the ramifications should they breach that. So these are active steps that uh, online platforms can take and should take. Mm. All right. Um, to close up our discussion today, Ajit, what can we do as the public, right? If we come across any sort of images, real or AI or otherwise, if they indicate potential child sexual abuse, what can I do? Lodge a report immediately. Uh, you can also lodge a complaint with IWF. Uh, they will immediately take steps to bring down those images as well, uh, which has happened here as well, where mm. complaints are lodged and in almost immediate steps are taken. So when I say lodge a complaint, you can lodge it to MCMC. All right. And MCMC, you can even do it online, so which means you don't even need to physically walk to the office or drive to the office. You can also go to the Balai and make a police report. Yeah, and don't just make a report, but you are under an obligation actually to follow up on that report. What has happened? So then the police will also know that the community uh, is looking at this very seriously, and they are also being watched. Mm. Yeah, because it it's always a community effort. It is. It takes everybody to it, basically. It takes a village to raise a child. So it's the same way when you come across a, a child sexual abuse material online. And honestly, Sue Anne, it's very hard to tell whether it's actual or it's synthetic or it's AI because mm. we're not trained, right? AI has been designed in such a way to make it look as as real as possible. Mm, as realistic as possible, yeah. Yeah, correct, right? And in fact, I think there are some radio channels where they have AIs handling the DJing part of it as well, mm. right? So how do you tell the difference? So any material that you come across we are under an obligation to the children to take that step, to do something about it. Mm. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ajit. Thank you so much, Suen, for having me. I've been speaking to lawyer and co-chairperson of Crip Foundation, Ajit Kaur, and we've been talking about the dangers of AI being abused to create child sexual abuse material and what we can do about it um, at the individual level and at the community level especially. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous Live and Learn episodes, you can download our podcast on bfm.my or on the BFM app. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.